So we are beginning our Advent series, and we're talking about the purpose, uh, the purpose of Christmas. What's the purpose of Christmas? You know, some of us have been doing this for years, most of our, all of us, all of our lives, and have we ever stopped to think about what's the purpose? What's the purpose of doing this? And I, I would encourage you that as you think about all the things you get busy with, uh, this Christmas, ask that question. What's the purpose of why I'm doing this? And uh, so we're, we're looking at that. And we, you know, we say there's something magical, right, about Christmas. Uh, children dream of Santa Claus with his sleigh. We picture Christmas trees, snowy scenes on Christmas cards. That's what makes me want to see it, some of us. Stockings filled, piles of presents, and smiling family around the fire sipping cocoa. Oh, say that with me. Oh. Right? That's, that's what we look for. But there is also another reality that Christmas brings. Overindulging takes its toll on families. And also, too often, it's a time for overspending, buying presents, we've said this before, buying presents that others do not need with money we do not have. Did you hear that? Buying presents that others do not need with money we do not have. That's the danger that often can happen with Christmas. And yet others can become quite over-demanding. Listen to this story. One doting father asked his small daughter, well in advance, what she would like for Christmas that year. Shyly, she announced she would like a baby brother. <laughs> to everyone's surprise and delight, her mother returned from hospital on Christmas Eve with a baby boy in her arms. She was so excited because her wish came. When the father repeated the question the next year, trying to prepare for it, there was a little less hesitation. She wasn't as shy now. Well, if it wouldn't be too uncomfortable for mommy, I would like a pony. <laughs> and of course, Christmas is about gift giving. <clears throat> we could probably sit and have conversation tonight and tell you what was the worst Ah, and nobody's going to help you some of the ones I've received. But some of the worst gifts you have ever received. You can ask me this evening what it was. <clears throat> we'll leave it there. And uh, do you know what the worst gift is? That's apparently they did a <laughs> they did a survey on the worst Christmas gifts. Guess what? Got thirty something percent, and it was on the top of the list. What do you think it might be? What was that? Vacuum. Vacuum? Any other ideas? Lump of coal. Lump of coal? Fruitcake. I agree. <laughs> and yet I like fruitcake. I, I love fruitcake. But anyway, apparently, you know, I can have the whole thing, Pastor Mike said. There's a lot of people who aren't crazy about fruitcake. We're just having a bit of fun here today, liking it a bit. And so if you get weird gifts this Christmas, this is the top eight responses, counting down from eight to one. Well, 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 now there's a gift. <laughs> Number seven. No, really, I didn't know that there was a Chia Pet tie. Oh, wow, 
six. You know, I always wanted one of these. Jog my memory again. What's it called again? Number five. You know what? I'm going to find a very special place to put this. Number four. Boy, you don't see craftsmanship like that very today. <laughs> Number three. And it's such an interesting color. Two. Number two. You say that was the last one? <laughs> Am I glad that you snapped that baby up? <laughs> and number one, which many of us have probably said, you shouldn't have. No, really. <laughs> I mean it, you shouldn't have. And so in the midst of all this stuff that goes on at Christmas and we see all around it, it's important for us today to kind of step back and look at that and ask ourselves, what's the purpose of Christmas? On that first Christmas night, the angel announced three purposes. And that's what we're going to be looking at over the next three Sundays of Advent. Christmas is a time of celebration. Christmas is a time of salvation. And Christmas is a time of reconciliation. I can't take all the credit for that. This is a little Christmas book that Rick Warren has put together many years ago. And he says that in this passage of scripture, we'll look at it week after week, that we're going to see these three purposes of Christmas. But the truth of it is, when Christmas comes, you can't miss it. It seems to be everywhere you turn. In some homes, more than others. And you know, it's hard to believe that the birth of a peasant boy over 2,000 years ago could still cause so much commotion today. Christmas is the largest celebration around the world each year. Billions of people set aside their normal routines to decorate their homes, to send out greeting cards. Some of us still do that. But the perfect gift to find that and to go to all the Christmas parties and dinners, to attend church services like we did this morning, sing the carols, and watch Hallmark, who am I looking for? I don't know if she's here. Watch Hallmark Christmas movies. Some of you know, some that have that list. And even travel long distances to be with their families. But here is the important question for us as the church. Why is Christmas such a big deal? What is its purpose? And so today I just want to highlight, as this is our intro, highlight and bring back the reality of the purpose of why we're here today, why Advent, why Christmas. Of course, the top of our list is, as we've seen in our passage today of Luke 2, verses 8 to 14, that the reason for Christmas is that Christ is born. Over 2,000 years ago, the Son of God came, the Messiah, and He was born. Out of love, God gave and sent His Son. And Jesus' birth was the biggest step and the first step that God made towards humanity to bring His salvation, to bring His redemption. I like what the words of C.S. Lewis at Christmas time. He says, we must remember the central event in the history of all the earth. The very thing the whole story has always been all about. We're celebrating Christ's birthday. He is the most important person who has ever lived. He is the centerpiece of civilization. After all, what happened 
Before his birth is now called B.C. And what happened after his birth is A.D. That's why we say he is the center of everything. He is the center of history. We also see that God's promises were fulfilled in the coming of Christ. God didn't just start on that Christmas evening with this plan of redemption. But right back to the fall of Adam and Eve, God had a plan. And he gave promises. And you can read about them all throughout the Old Testament and all the prophets. The promises that they made. But just think about Genesis 12. Right? You, you come into the beginning of Genesis and everything goes downhill after the fall. All those first 11 chapters, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then God finds Abraham, the great father of faith. And he says to Abraham and gives him promises that he would bless him and he would be a blessing to others. And the arrival of Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that promise that God gave to Abraham all those years the night that Jesus was born, he arrives with a small group of shepherds who were quietly attending their flocks of sheep. Looking up at the stars, it seemed like an ordinary night. Same old, same old. I think about Stephen and others who are dairy farmers that go in day after day. There you are, Stephen. Day after day. Or those who care for their cattle or other animals here on the island. That's where God would show up. Where day in and day out, you're doing the same old thing. You're doing what needs to be done. And that's what these shepherds were doing. And God shows up in the midst of their ordinary. And you know, those shepherds, as we hear that passage and look at it over the next few weeks, they would never be the same again. Those shepherds would never be the same again. On an ordinary night, God broke in. This Christmas, maybe you're feeling already a little exhausted or stressed. I've heard so many people, I don't have my cleaning done. I don't have my decorations up. Some of you are tired and worn out. Some of you have had a difficult past year. And you can come to these Advent celebrations in the church and just think, same old, same old. I want to tell you today that I believe and I'm praying that God is going to show up. That's right, amen. That God is going to show up in our church and show up in your life and show up in your situation and show up in your family. That God is wanting to do a new thing in this day. We need to believe that. As the church, if we don't believe it, who will? We see this future in this child, that this future didn't, this child didn't just come to be born, but he came for a purpose. He came to die. He came to live a blameless life. And then to lay down his life uh, for us because of this burden of sin that had us weighed down. So that he might be our Savior, our Redeemer. And his birth has prepared the way for his later death and redemption and resurrection. Despite your background and everything that you are going through this Christmas, Christmas is still the best news that people have ever heard. Her. Despite all the lights and the sparkle, and Christmas has some of the most simple, profound truths, as we said, that can change and transform your situation, transform your family, transform your life for the better. 
Ecclesiastes 3, we read that, heard that read. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. See, there is this thing about God's appointed time, and we don't have time today to get in. We kind of spoke a little bit about it before, but about Christ's return. You know, everybody's been wanting to know the hour and all the different things that we said. And here is the first coming. There was God's appointed time. God does not get stuck in your 24-7. God stands outside your time. We call the difference. We are in chronos, chronology. God is in kairos. He stands outside our time. That's why we can say he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the amazing thing as we think about that is how God begins to break in. And Galatians 4, 4 says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law. And as we already said, God can show up because his time is different than your time. That's why there's those moments when we have felt God move powerfully. I don't know if you've had that experience, but I sure have. That I've had those moments when God has moved so powerfully, it's like time stands still. And people are just wanting to be in His presence. That's what I'm praying for our Advent 2022. God show up again. We started the service with that new song called The Manger. And I love the message of that carol, that new carol. Because it brings you not just from the manger, but right to the cross, what Christ has done. But listen to what that chorus we heard this, today, just before the service. Here's the chorus. From the highest of the high to the lowest of the low, the stable tells a story of the distance you will go. For the lonely and the lost, there's no sinner too far gone to find a Savior lying in the manger. We see that gift-giving is such a big part of Christmas because of the greatest gift that we have ever, ever received. If we would stop long enough to consider the purpose of Christmas, we can receive and enjoy the best Christmas gift that's ever been given. It's God's Christmas gift to us. The interesting thing is, unlike those worst gifts or those terrible gifts or fruitcake, this gift is unique and precious and special. Why? Because this gift of faith that Christ has brought to us, this gift of salvation that God has sent his son for us, it is the most expensive gift. Some of us are cheap when it comes to buying gifts. But praise God today, God gives us the most expensive gift. It costs Jesus everything for us to receive this gift. Unlike those gifts that you pay a lot of money for and come January, they're forgotten about in the back of the closet. This gift is so wonderful because it lasts forever. Once we come and accept this gift of salvation, it never wears out. It just gets better and better. And it's such a practical gift. It's a gift you can use every day. And that gift of faith that is given to us through Christ Jesus is alive and well every day. It's not something that you put out at Christmas and put away for a year. It is the greatest gift that you could ever give someone else, the gift of faith, to tell them about Jesus. And I pray that you're having the opportunity this Christmas to share your faith with others. 
But it also means that as the church, and we've already heard stories of what God is doing and helping us to do this, that as individuals, we now become generous with other people. And those who are uh, in need this Christmas, that we walk alongside of them because we too now have become generous. It's time to slow down. I'm going to challenge you as your pastor because I already see it happening. It's time to slow down. You know, it wasn't the night of stress. It was a silent night when the angels heard this great heavenly song. Christmas over the years has turned into a bustling holiday packed full of lights, presents, Christmas trees, and plans. And it's easy to get caught up in all of it. Now, some of those things aren't bad, don't hear me right, but I, have, I, I remember in years past that I'll have people say to me, well, Pastor, I can't come to this, and I can't participate in this, and I can't do that, and I can't, because your life is so packed full. And I want to challenge you that you need to, nothing wrong with all of those things, but Christ came that you might have joy, not stress. Amen. We were talking about that in ladies' Bible study. In Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That doesn't go in the back corner at Christmas. It's the joy of the Lord is our strength in this Advent season. And so some of us need to maybe just slow down a bit and, and not get caught up in all the busyness that can happen. One of the important things that I found at Christmas that make it very meaningful are traditions. Now, traditions in themselves aren't wrong, aren't bad. But sometimes we can get caught up so much about spending money and, and, and doing all these things that we lose sight of what God sees as the most important thing. Him, people, and relationships. Those are the things that are important to God. And so if you want to get caught up in the, uh, spending too much money and buying all the stuff and listening to the commercials and the consumerism and, and all of that foolishness that can go on, that's your choice. But that is not the Christ in Christmas. Because God so loved the world, he gave his only son. When we were told about the commandment that we should follow, we spent time on that this fall too. We are to love God and love people. What does that say to us? That God says, the most important thing to me are people, our relationships. And so one of the greatest ways to spend time with family are those family traditions where you get together with your family and make sure you set, even now if you haven't in the past, maybe this Advent is the Advent, that you spend time this Christmas setting down a foundation of traditions that your children and your children's children will continue to do in years to come, whether it is getting by and reading the Christmas story on Christmas Eve or inviting them into church or teaching them what Advent is about and letting them know what this is really about. It breaks my heart to hear of all the children today that think Christmas is Santa Claus, and that's all they know. And they don't even know why St. Nick did what he did in the first place. Even that part of the story, his testimony has been taken out of the story. And so it's up for us as the church to bring back in those godly traditions that we would do as a family, that we would set the tone in our home and say, this is what Christmas is really all about. Christmas is a day of remembrance, a day of, to commemorate the wonderful gift of God's Son. 
And I pray that this first Sunday of Advent for myself, but I pray for you too, that God would help us to keep Christ in the center of it all. Celebrate Christ with your family. Now, we, we have given these invites out and mentioned that at the beginning of the service, and there's a lot of events there. And we can hit January 1st exhaustive, if that's all it is. But if we look at this list, and maybe some of you want to hand it to invite, but maybe some of you want to put it in your Bible and begin praying over these events that we're having, because our vision in this is that we're going to connect with people. And by connecting with people, we're going to rub a little bit of Jesus on them. Hallelujah. You ever do that? Rub a little bit of Jesus on somebody? And show them what our family and what our church family are really about and what Christmas is all about. And there are going to be wonderful worship experiences here that need to be prayed for and prayed up. And so I encourage you to look at these. We don't want to be busy to be busy. Because then we've missed the whole point. If our church is just busy come January, we're like, glad that's over. Do you know how many pastors feel like that after the month of December? <laughs> that when they come through December, some of them actually get physically ill <laughs> because there's just so much going on. And we need to pray for us that we keep the focus on people and relationships and why we're doing what we're doing. We heard this already this morning, didn't we? Christmas is a time to worship. Christmas is a time to find the Christ child, to bow down and to worship him. I want to challenge you this Christmas. Make that your goal. Your goal above all other goals. That you keep Christ and that opportunity to worship him at Christmas. Verses 13 and 14 tell the purpose of Christmas is to join that great company of heavenly hosts. Can you imagine that night? Seeing an angel come to you and tell you about this great plan of God and instead of him going to kings and instead of him going into political realms, he comes and meets you, a bunch of shepherds sitting in the field. That's who comes and this angel comes before them and of course they're tempted but he says, do not fear, for I come to bring you what? Good news. Right? And so then, after the one angel, there is a choir of angels worshiping God, bringing glory to God. And he says, this is the purpose. This is the purpose of it all, that we might worship him. Do you realize today in God's house there are people missing? Do you realize today that there are people that God would want here that would join in the great worship? But it starts with us. We've got to come with an attitude of worship, and we need to invite others to come and worship him and glorify and praise God. So, you knew what I was going to say probably before I even started preaching, but the purpose of Christmas is Jesus. Period. Jesus. He is the real deal. He's the big deal. This is what it's all about. You are going to be challenged this Christmas as believers in Christ, to make that be the big deal. To keep it as the big deal. To keep him at the center of everything that you are doing. And it's going to be your challenge to make that kind of commitment to Christ. And your family to make that kind of commitment. This Christmas, we're going to keep Jesus as the big deal. 
Uh, I watched a video, and it was quite interesting, and I was going to use it and take a little bit too long today, but just explain it very quickly. It was a professor, and he had uh, a bunch of students in university around him, and he took a big glass container, and he had a whole bunch of golf balls, and he filled it with golf balls, and he said, is that full? And of course, the students all said, yeah, that's full. And uh, then he said, well, and then he got out of his bag, he put uh, gravel in there, and he filled in all the voids with gravel, and he said, is that full? And they said, yep, yep, that's full. And then he took a container of sand, and as he poured the sand in, it began to fill all of those areas in round. And then he says, is this full? And they said, wow, yeah, that's full. And he said, did you notice that the, the different points of this? He said, what did we put in first? He said, we, if we had done it reversed, if we had put the sand in, if we had put the gravel in, we wouldn't have been able to get the golf balls in. It's a great illustration. And he said, this is going to be your life. This is going to be what you have to decide. That you have to put the most important, the large things in first. And I thought, you know, that's a story for all of life, but it's also a story for Advent. We need to put Christ at the center of what we're doing. The other things are not bad. But that has to be what is put in at the center of our homes and our lives first. If we say we love the Lord and serve him. And then God can add in those other things bit by bit. And our lives can be full. But you must keep the main thing. <laughs> the main thing. You must realize that Jesus is indeed the big deal. And you have to keep him there. Worship team is going to come. This is a writing that I heard many years ago about the importance of Jesus. I don't know if any of you know it. One solitary life. It's something that I kind of read every Christmas. And uh, it comes from James, Dr. James Allen Francis. And uh, his book that these uh, sermons, it was part of one of the sermons, it says, The Real Jesus. And other sermons. I thought this was interesting. It was written in 1926. So we're almost 100 years ago now. And I'm just going to wait till the worship team comes and we settle down so that you can really, maybe you want to just bow your head and listen so you're not distracted. And it's called One Solitary Life. Here is a man who was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman who grew up in another village. He worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years he went. He was an itinerant preacher. He never owned a home. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family. He never went to college. He never put his foot inside a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place he was born. He never did one of the things that usually accompany greatness he had no credentials but himself. While still a young man, the tide of popular opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed upon a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for the only piece of property he had on earth, his coat. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. It says here, because of his writing, 19 long centuries have come and gone. And today, 
He is a centerpiece of the human race and leader of the column of progress. I am far within the mark when I say that all the armies that ever marched and all the navies that were ever built, all the parliaments that ever sat, and all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man upon this earth as powerfully as has that one solitary life. Lord, we thank you today that you're the reason why we gather here. You're the reason why we worship. You are the reason for Christmas. Help us as the Church of Jesus Christ to keep you being the main, main thing, the real thing. Help us to put you at the center of all of our celebrations, our traditions as a family. Help us to celebrate the salvation, the redemption that you have brought. Help us to worship you. And we pray that others will see Jesus in us. We'll be able to share the good news with others. We'll be able to invite others to come and worship the King. Yes, Lord. And so we end this service today with this carol, uh, this newer carol of Adore. And we pray, Lord, in this little moment, can time stand still? Can Kairos break in? Yes, Your time, Lord? Can, can we see you do a new thing right here? in our hearts, in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, in our church, in our community. We start right where it's supposed to be. We adore you, Lord. We worship you. Bless this church family. Bless those who are listening online. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 <coughs>